Salutations, my friends, and thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noisera, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer, and I have titled this episode, Designating Undesirables, Health Hysteria, and Sustaining Humanity. Why? We've got Facebook banning all kinds of controversial people, and you, if you share their content. That's right. The ability to report emotional offenses, Tylenol killing empathy, and nearly 50% of Americans are taking prescription drugs. I don't know why you're surprised. We found out that scientists and archaeologists discovered a a pouch over a thousand years old that had ayahuasca, cocaine, DMT, and even psilocybin from the mushrooms. Could it be the mushrooms that Denver decriminalized this year? Who knows? We'll be talking about more that and more in this edition. But first, before we do so, make sure you guys download the show notes. Follow along. Some people have told us that it actually helps them uh, keep up with some of the crazy ranting and rambling that we're doing. You can find that in the description bar, or actually on our website, more or less. Uh, speaking of what else is in the description bar, you can find the link for Fellowship and Freedom that we're going to be doing this Sunday. We're going to be doing our seventh volume of Paranormal Perspective. I hope you guys have submitted your stories. It's always an honor to be talking about them. Lastly, there are still slots available for the 10-day jungle retreat that we're doing with Nate Max of Innate Awareness in Bali, Indonesia. I hope to see you guys there. I'm fired up for it. And with that being said, let's fire up the show. Salutations, my friends, and thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. Now, (laughs) boy, do we have a whole lot of different things to talk about. We are living in historic times. We are literally fighting up against, as Elon Musk would say it, an AI demon. Or as I discussed with Adam Nix and JC Abbott of the Wayfinder podcast, against techno sorcery, against the unseen, the spirit science. We are dealing with a multidimensional threat of immense proportions. How crazy is it to think about that these people have technology that's able to peer into the future? It can, it can, it can traject, it can calculate your life's trajectory, your hurdles, and it can see your overall destiny. We're talking about pre-crime. We're talking about Minority Report. We're talking about this crazy world we're living in, hacking reality. Hacking reality. Now, before we do so, I wanna, I wanna. Slow down a bit, okay? Because we were just on with uh, Eric Spitfire of the Sentinels of Truth over there with all, with 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 the uh, Revolution Radio, and now with our team as well, uh, with the On the Wake Up Radio team, we're talking about branching out into radio as well. We will literally be on terrestrial radio by the end of the year. Think about that. And so, whenever we're doing these types of broadcasts, when we're bringing this type of information to you, understand that it's coming from a well-researched point of view. I'm not just saying these things off of the cuff, that I literally take the time to comprehensively break down a lot of the things that we talk about and look at it in a, in a, in a, in a concise, critical thinking manner. You see, you have got to understand the times that we are in. We're going to be talking about how Facebook is owned by the government. We're talking about the technocracy, DARPA, Building 8, Project LifeLog, things of this nature, the Mark of the Beast style system. Things are going on, and it is crazy to think about. So it's even crazier to be involved, because I guess I'm just, and I need to stop saying this because I don't want to speak it into existence. However, I'm understanding of the time frame that we are in. I'm waiting for them 
to try to do something to the page. Recently, Justin Harvey of We Are Change Orlando and Luke Rudendowski of We Are Change had their pages taken down in the most recent Facebook purge. Towards the end of last week's uh, podcast episode, we found that Alex Jones' Infowars and Louis Farrakhan of the Nation of Islam were actually taken down, banned from Facebook. And they came out with this little caveat at the end of it as well. You're only able to post about Louis Farrakhan and Infowars if you're explicitly condemning them, if you're putting them down. That's right. You better obey, big brother. You better denounce your faith. And as we've talked about time and time again in the show with other people, with the networks that we are establishing, that we're up against the technocracy, these technocratic elite. Let's, let's, let's slow it down. Bring it back down. Coming in a little hot. Coming in a little hot. But why am I coming in hot? Because I get fired up talking about God. I get fired up talking about uh, uh, our country. I get fired up talking about freedoms. I get fired up talking about the future. Okay, And you would be too. And you should be. Because you have to understand, we live in immensely historic times. Beautiful things are taking place. Chaotic and strange things are happening. But if you guys pay attention to what the Freemasons always say, ordo ab chao, order from chaos. And that's essentially what's happening right now. As I said before, they're hacking reality. And during this hack, there's going to be a, a, a momentary discomfort. That's what Trump is. I've said this throughout his entire presidency. He is meant to trump in the technocracy. He's meant to trump in the new world order. Trump card. Gotcha. Enough is enough. You see, you've got to understand how these people work. We have to have conscious, we have to have constant conscious effort to fix where we are at. We are no longer living in the days where we have the luxury of laziness. No. Now, as I've said before, and time and time again, and I'm sure I'll keep saying, this is the era of action. This is the times that try men's souls. This is the time, and, and, and I find it so beautiful. I truly do. I really, really do. Because now you have people who can, now you have people who are choosing. They're making a choice. They say they're not making a choice. Even your silence is a choice. Silence is consent. That's why you have to resist. That's why you have to fight back. That's why you have to stand for something or fall for everything. You see, it, it, it is truly crazy and chaotic to think about where we're at and what's on our plate these days. So I guess to kind of start the show, to get into a groove of things, I wanted to carry on, uh, carry on for what we were talking about in the previous episode, or at least just pick back up on just that, about Infowars, Louis Farrakhan, and more actually being deplatformed, unpersoned, and how dangerous this is. But that's, that's, it, it's dangerous because you won't be able to face your accusers. You won't be able to appeal for you, or properly for your rights back. We're talking about deplatforming. Unpersoning somebody. MasterCard actually came out saying that, you know what, people with right-wing views or just any kind of political view that doesn't align with us, we're going to go ahead and just stop you from being able to have transactions. Look at what's going on with Patreon. Look at what's going on with PayPal. And I know you'll have people that say, well, why not create your own uh, payment processing uh, operation? Do you know how to do that? And think about the commitment of the people that actually do, that want a free and open society. I think everybody is beginning to see how indeed we are not living 
in this said free and open society. What we're beginning to talk about here in America, at least, is the American equivalent of the Chinese social credit score. The, the social credit score system, the mark of the beast. You see, they don't want people, as, as, as I've joked about before, they don't want bucks in the system. They want deers and headlights. They want does not asking questions. They want us dozing off. You see. And this is why it's dangerous. They want us desensitized, pacified, unable to ask the real questions. And as I've said time and time again, I don't think it's that people don't care. I don't think it's that they know what to care about. And that's why you have to have people out there who are pointing out this type of information. Otherwise, all you have is a bunch of army of the dead zombies who just believe anything they're told and never learn to think for themselves. And that's a dangerous position to be in. Very, very dangerous. So this is, this, it's the best of times. It's the worst of times. It's the tale of two cities. And, and, and. I'm fired up to even be here. I'm fired up to be in this fight. And with that being said, let's start the show. We're going to pick it back up talking about the about Facebook banning InfoWars and people who share the content. That, to me, is just outrageous. Literally outrageous. In this article we're going to be reading from, it's by Matt Agarist of the Free Thought Project. We found it on Activist Post. They put it up May 3rd. It's a fa- it says, Facebook to ban users who share InfoWars content unless it is explicitly condemning it. And one of the most disturbing moves by Facebook we've ever seen, the platform banned Alex Jones and controversial U.S. political personalities for violating the social media company's policies on, quote, dangerous individuals and organizations. Most of the individuals who have been unilaterally wiped off of the face of the largest social media space in the world are far-right activists like Milo Yiannopoulos, Laura Loomer, and Paul Joseph Watson. However, in a seeming, in a seeming move to appease those on the right who advocate for equal censorship, Facebook also banned far-left Nation of Islam leader Louis Farrakhan. While Facebook has previously banned InfoWars from their content or from their platform, they allowed personal pages to stay up. But this was apparently too much for the platform to handle. Yes, some of the things InfoWars and Alex Jones say are utter nonsense and borderline hysterical. Uh, you know, sort of things like Islamophobia. The Free Thought Project has, on more than one occasion, written entire pieces condemning some of the things said by Alex Jones and the other folks at InfoWars. Never, however, have we advocated for the silencing and banning of any other group. But this time, Facebook reportedly went a step further than just banning InfoWars' content on their website. According to reports, they are promising to ban groups and individuals for merely sharing their content. So before I get into this next part right here, what we're essentially talking about is how you have to obey Big Brother. We've talked about them manufacturing consent. This is crazy to me. Dangerous individuals in a time of universal deceit, truth is considered hate speech in the empire of lies. And that's where we are. Truth to people who have these delicate sensibilities who don't want to hear the types of things that InfoWars and other people say is considered hate. Rather than just changing the channel or going about their own life, they decided to just explicitly condemn them, cut them off. You're not allowed to have a voice. Let me, let me pause on this real quick, because this was talked about in the Bible, about the mark of the beast. You will neither be able to buy nor sell <laughs> You're not, unless you receive the mark of the beast in your hand or in your forehead. 
Now think about that. You will neither be able to buy nor sell. So you have MasterCard, PayPal, Patreon, all these other people over here saying, yeah, well, you know, we're just not going to, we're just not going to let you happen. We're just not going to let you do that. You're not going to be able to raise money. You're not going to be able to face your accuser. You're not going to be able to, 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 to tell people, hey, what they're saying about me is a lie. It talks about this, the image of the beast, how it will be represented all over the world in town squares everywhere. You will be able to see it. Is that not where we are now? I'm going to read from you guys uh, real quick about the mark of the beast. It's from Revelation chapter 16, verse 2, and Revelation chapter 19, verse 20. It cites the mark of the beast as the sign that identifies those who worship the beast out of the sea. This beast is usually identified as the Antichrist. This mark is first mentioned in chapter 13, verses 16 and 17, where it is imposed on humanity by the breast or by the beast of the earth. The second beast is the false prophet, who forces the worship of the Antichrist and brands those who do so with the mark. The mark is equivalent to the beast's name or the number. This enigmatic number is announced in chapters 13, verse, eight, verse 18, as 666. The term mark has no special biblical usage apart from its association with the beast. Now, essentially what we're talking about is, is just that. And earlier this week, we had Pope Francis, Franken-Pope, call for a supranational organization to oversee all of the other nations to make sure they carry out the SDGs, the Sustainable Development Goals, as put forth by the United Nations Agenda 21 and Agenda 2030. You get the picture here? You, you get what I'm pushing to you? You get what I'm kicking to you? This, is, this has been prophesied. This is biblical at this point. The entire world is online. Even Pope Francis has a Facebook. <laughs> Even Pope Francis has a Twitter. The, the, the Satanic Temple has a Facebook and a Twitter and an Instagram. They hate us. <laughs> they recently came out with their, uh, 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 their, their, their new documentary, Hail Satan, with a question mark. So you tell me how these people are allowed to operate. But individuals like myself, Infowars, Farrakhan, all these other people, I don't condone a lot of the things they say, but I think everybody should have free speech. I said this as well, even relating to the Satanic Temple. I had that mental schism where we're, politic where we're politicking with the devil, and that's what these people are doing. They're using politics to incept a certain philosophy and idea into the public. Let me get back into this article uh, from, from, from the activist post. It says, as the Atlantic reports... Infowars is subject to the strictest ban. Facebook and Instagram will remove any content containing Infowars videos, radio segments, or articles unless the post is explicitly condemning the content. And Facebook will also remove any groups set up to share Infowars' content and events promoting any of the banned extremist figures, according to a company spokesperson. I have to pause right there as well. Extremist. Dangerous individuals. As I said before, truth is hate in an empire of lies. They don't want to hear what, what, what people have to say. That's why this is becoming extraordinarily dangerous. And I have to ask the question, where is the redemption process during this? How will people be able to fight these accusations if they do not have a voice? Say what you want about Alex. Say what you want about Lewis. Say what you want about any of the people that keep getting banned. These are still people. 
And the fact that they're shooting these people down shows that this this life path, that current trajectory, that ability to do these types of things, that's no longer accepted in the modern day world. You see, they're saying you're not allowed to do this anymore. You're not allowed to live this way. We're we're, we're going to start cracking down on people's indiv- on people's freedom, individuality, creativity, and their own humanity because now we want you to think like us. We want you to act like us. You will be the automatons of the state. And that's why I talked about how dangerous this is because we'll get into this. And if we don't get into it in depth, I'll put the link in the description bar below so you can go check it out. We posted an article earlier this week from World Truth TV about how Facebook is indeed owned by the government. How they shut down in 2004, or, well, basically they were started back in February of 2004. But how Project LifeLog, which was created by DARPA, that's right. The Defense Advanced Research Project Agency created a, a precursor to Facebook, shut it down, only to launch Facebook a few months later. That's that's right. What I'm a try, and I'll put this in the description bar below so you guys go check it out if we don't get into it in this particular segment. What I'm talking about is how this big tech company is just another arm of the government. And people know this. This is why I call it Fedbook, but now it's becoming out in the open. Now what you say online reflects your personal life, your private life, your business life, your political life, and anything else that you do. Continuing on, it says Jones, Yiannopoulos, Watson, Loomer, Nealon, and Farrakhan are all personally banned, as are many accounts set up to their likeness. But users may still praise those figures on Instagram and share content related to them that doesn't violate other Facebook and Instagram terms of service. Yeah, you can <laughs> you can still share content for now. For now, until they start purging things on Instagram. They're already purging accounts. They do it every day. Every day, and that's why this is becoming an increasingly pressing issue. They do not want people to have the ability to share information. They don't want people to be able to buy or sell. And let me go ahead and play this play for you guys this clip of uh of of, of MasterCard asking the question. Let me just play for you guys this clip of Ben Swan on RT uh, responding to the ability of MasterCard cutting off people's uh, payments. Should MasterCard comply with these demands or should white supremacists like Robinson still have access to these you know, very day-to-day normal payment systems? So uh, it's a it's a good question. Number one, I would say this, that MasterCard should not be involved in this. Neither should PayPal, neither, neither should Patreon, neither should any of these these um, uh, funding platform groups uh, be involved in censoring people who were deemed as being hate groups. And, and the reason for that is because it's a very, very slippery slope, Manila. When we talk about a human rights board being set up for MasterCard to determine who is going to be allowed to use MasterCard, the problem is that all becomes relative. So if we're talking about human rights, should members of Congress be banned from using MasterCard or receiving MasterCard payments simply because uh, they all stand by while a war in Yemen goes on and they do nothing to end that? Because you could argue there are human rights abuses there. You could argue if you're talking about hate groups, there are many people who argue that Black Lives Matter is a hate group. So should all people 
Should MasterCard comply? Well, I'd say a lot of these things end up becoming co-opted, uh, and we'll save that conversation for another day. White supremacists and Black Lives Matter and things of this nature. But to stick to this right here, the ability that uh, MasterCard, PayPal, Patreon, and all these other payment systems have to label individuals as hate mongers, dangerous individuals, extremists, and all of these other things, that's it, that in itself is dangerous. They're literally saying, hey, look, we will allow, we will point out who has the ability to open up an account with us, who has an ability to raise money, who has an ability to retain money. Like that's, that's, like that's what's dangerous about all of this, is we're literally talking about how these technocrats have the ability to change our entire world, to mess up our entire life, you see. And now we're, we're, we're moving forward into an age to where people are giving up. How, how can you live in a life? How can you? And I know it seems like this. We always have to remember that as dark as it is, there's always a, always a solution. We have to look for the rain during the rainstorm. We have to look for the stars whenever it's dark at night. You have to look for that light at the end of the tunnel. You have to keep fighting. But these things are only going to intensify. And whenever they have people who appeal to the weaker's individuals, the weaker people, the weaker willed individuals who don't want to care, who say, yeah, for sure, join on, jump on the bandwagon, cut these people down. They shouldn't be allowed to operate. Well, how long is it until they come for you? You see, that's how it always works. You have to, you have to chastise one individual, then it turns into a certain group, and then it turns into a whole, or like a country, essentially, and then essentially the people just start eating themselves. This is a slippery slope. That's why Ben Swan's saying that it, it, it's relative to now. This is that mindset that's being put out there. Who are the who, who are the human rights boards who are saying these people are not allowed to to do this? What about the very human right to live? They're chopping out they're they're, they're literally systematically chopping out people's ability to 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 sustain themselves in reality. And that to me is the most dangerous thing because they're saying, "You know what? You don't have free speech. You know what? You can't even work. You know what? You're not even you're not even an equal." You are less than. And that's what I find so dangerous, which leads me to my next point. And, I'll, and I'll, I'm sure we'll be talking about a lot of this stuff, the technocracy and how the revolution won't be televised or even posted about, how essentially we're talking about human intelligence versus artificial intelligence and so much more. Uh, but what I'm really trying to set the stage for in this next pivot, right, is the idea that you have people pushing voluntary slaving. It's voluntary slavery. And we've spoken about this in depth a lot, more so whenever we talk about the most dangerous religion, which is statism. And how even in China, they're not allowing people to, 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 they're not allowing people to travel on trains, buses, uh, get loans, enroll their kids to school if they have a low social credit score. Even this week, before I get into this Peter Buttigieg article, even this week, we posted about how China has detained 800 to 2 million minority Muslims in their internment camp. The Muslims in China are literally the most surveilled populace in the world right now. Here, let's let me see if I can get up this article or get up this uh, get up this 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 clip for you guys that talks about it because this happened as well. All of the stuff that broke with Alex Jones and Infowars that that happened as we were shutting down. Uh, for last week's episode, more information came out confirming the depths of how serious this is. But let me play for you guys this clip uh, that talks about from Human Rights Watch 
what's going on in China and how massive their surveillance grid is and some of the things that they're looking at. I used to be one of those people, like, I got nothing to hide, I'm just a student. But I was very wrong. They're targeting everyone. As long as you're going out of your house, you're being surveilled. In Xinjiang, in northwestern China, 13 million Turkic Muslims are already enduring extraordinary suppression at the hands of the Chinese government. Authorities there are building a surveillance state to be able to track their every move. Across the northwestern province of Xinjiang, an estimated one million Chinese Muslims have vanished into a vast network of detention centers for what China calls re-education. Vanished. The region is now under what's probably the most intense government surveillance in the world. Every 200 meters would have a police checkpoint. And then on top of that, there are all these checkpoints at public places wherever you go. Vanished into detention centers. Vanished into re-education camps. You think about that. Now that they've essentially be de been dehumanized, they've become re-educated. Because that's how it works. You're not allowed to have a religion of your own in China. What, are you crazy? You, 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 you praise God? You praise Allah? No, you praise the state. You praise President Xi Jinping. We thought North Korea was bad. Look at what they're doing to us. They are literally manipulating society, hacking reality. And so then you have people like this guy, Peter Buttigieg, the, 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 the gay Democratic presidential candidate, talking about voluntary slavery to the government, talking about forced labor. That's right. Because, because he sees the way that things are. And this is the crazy, he, this is the crazy thing. They're appealing to a certain sect of people. And there's much more of those types of people who are willing to be serfs of the state, who want to show complete and utter fealty to government, than there are people who want to have something for themselves, who want to build something for themselves, who want to create and be an individual. This is, this is communism versus capitalism. This is communism versus socialism. And now we, we, we see this just rising. But I digress. Let me get into this. It's by Max Lavo of uh, Sons of Liberty Media. We put this up May, May 6th. It says Democratic presidential candidate presidential candidate uh, Peter Buttigieg promotes, quote, voluntary slavery to the government. Anyone with a remotely limited amount of logic knows that forced labor is slavery. Concentration camps in Russia's gulags were two examples until Democrat and presidential candidate Peter Buttigieg decided to endorse forced labor in the USSA, the United States of Soviet America, while complaining to MSNBC's Rachel Maddow about what he sees as the United States' lack of social cohesion, Buttigieg called for one year of national service as a solution. That's forced labor, or gulags, or slavery, no matter how you decide to slice it up. The USSA seems more appropriate, seems a more appropriate acronym to use when, when Democrats are discussing ideas. As Reason so aptly put it, no doubt he would take offense at any comparison of his scheme to chattel slavery, a comparison such as that offered by former slave Frederick Douglass. Quote, What is freedom? It is the right to choose one's own employment. Certainly it means, certainly it means that, if anything. Douglas thundered in response to Union General Nathan P. Nathaniel P. Banks's policy as military commander of Louisiana of extracting one year of forced agricultural labor from freed men on behalf of the federal government. 
Quote, and when any individual or combination of individuals undertakes to decipher any man when he shall work, where he shall work, at what he shall work, and for what he shall work, or he or they practically reduced him to slavery. This is what Frederick Douglass said, fighting for your freedoms, trying to tell people that you should have the right to choose your own employment. You should have the you should have, you are given God given rights, inherent rights as a human being to define your own destiny. And anybody telling you otherwise is trying to force slavery on you. Continuing on, it says, although Butegeg didn't explicitly call for conscription to build, quote, social cohesion, he made it seem as though that's an option. He allowed himself a little deniability by telling Maddow, quote, one thing we could do that would change, that would be to make it, uh, if not legally obligatory, but certainly a social norm that anybody, after they're 18, spend a year in national service. It sure sounds like somehow, Butegeg wants everyone to volunteer themselves for service to the government. It would be nice to know that he'd enforced any such human rights violation without force and putting guns to the heads of those who refuse to comply, and the public seems to disagree with his enslavement idea. As they should. We should have the right to choose, but that's the thing. They want you to think that you're a chattel, that you're a slave of the government, that you are a serf of the state, and that you, have, you don't have the right. You don't have the right to choose for yourself. And that's what's even crazier. I, I talked about this just last week on the podcast episode uh, with President Xi Jinping and how he had urged the communist, the youth to embrace communism. As I said before, you thought North Korea is bad. What happens whenever we have American communism rearing its ugly head? You have people aligning with the state at an alarming rate, telling you what you can and cannot do. You have Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez telling you you should stop having kids. Bill Maher telling you you should stop having kids. You have Eric, Eric Swallowswell saying, hey, if you don't turn in your guns, we're going to come get you. And now you have Cory Booker planning a gun registry and bans, dodging questions about jailing people who refuse to turn in their guns. They're literally telling you, hey, look, we're going to take your weapons, but we're going to give you voluntary employment. This is, this is a slippery slope we are on. Guns uh, could sell them, essentially, to the government. But if they don't, within a certain period of time, they would be prosecuted, so subject to be thrown in jail, perhaps. Are you supportive of the same measure? Well, first of all, when I was mayor of the city of Newark, again, I have a record on dealing with gun violence. We, we did a lot of uh, gun buybacks and even other creative ideas that I think uh, we should have uh, uh, when I'm president of the United States. The critical thing is, I think most Americans uh, agree that these weapons of war uh, should not be on our streets. But, Again, but would, some... you, would you prosecute people? Do you support the government buying them back? And if not, potentially people could go to jail if they don't want to sell them back. Yes or no? Again, we should have a law that bans these weapons, and we should have a reasonable period in which people can turn in these weapons. Uh, right now, we have a nation that allows, in streets and communities like mine, these weapons that should not exist. Mm -hmm. Senator Cory Booker, uh, good to have you on. We look forward to keeping up the conversation. Yes, thank you very much. Now I'm curious as to what uh, Cory Booker will say because Eric Swallowswell said that if you don't store your gun at like a country club or a gun club or anything like that, well, then they're, they're going to come arrest you or they're going to fine you. Uh, so, again, we have this idea of them protecting us, them knowing what's best for us, and them not even being able to fix health care, not even being able to fix the roads, and poisoning the entire population. <laughs> These, these are the people that want to have unilateral control over your life, your spending habits, 
uh, everything. This is this is this is a dangerous slope that we're on. You see. And to, to, to finish off this segment, because we obviously came in hot, as we typically do, the Free Thought Project put out a great article. It was actually picked up by uh, the Freedom Outpost, and it was written by John Whitehead. It says, Texas, a man is facing a year in prison for telling police they are pissing on the Constitution. And I think that is just emblematic, and so it, it, it encapsulates so much. That the, the, the police are literally so like this, so chicken neck, that they can't even hear it. They can't even hear the truth. That's what I mean. Truth is treason in an empire of lies. Truth is terrorism. It's Charles Casson's page, and this is why we have him on, because this is true. This is true. The police, these politicians, and these sellouts within our country are doing just that. We've talked about how they are, indeed, throwing out the Constitution. The Bill of Rights. Even Donald Trump talks about this. How? Uh, what was it? He, he, he said, first we take the guns, then due process. And now he's telling people to go ahead and take the shot. So this is, this is a, 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 we want to talk about violation of human rights. That's every, it's every single day here in America. And that's why it's becoming dangerous. And to a degree, this is why you see people saying, resist at all costs. This is that authoritarian takeover. This is the fascist takeover that we see happening. Antifa, they're not, they're not talking about this because they're using fascist tactics to carry it out. When you have a gun pointed to your head that, you have to, that you're free, you're not free. When you have a gun pointed at your head because you don't want to turn in your gun that you legally bought for yourself, that's not free. Forced labor, forced labor that's not free. Taking people off of a platform because they're saying things, that's not free. And I know all of the stuff that we mentioned in this entire segment, it's, it's, it's powerful, it's deep, has a lot of ramifications, and people are wondering where we go from here. We have to keep fighting. We have got to keep fighting. I've said this time and time again, communism and socialism are only a generation away, and we don't have enough people who are standing up to fight. You have a lot more people who are being complicit. You have a lot more people who are capitulating. You have a lot more people who are buckling. They don't want to, as I said before, buck the system. They don't want bucks in the system. They want deers and headlights. They want does not asking question. And I'll talk about this more so uh, in the next segment and throughout the entire of the, sh- the entirety of the show because this plays a huge part in what we're talking about. This is that authoritarian takeover. That's why when we talk about the most dangerous religion being statism, it crushes religion. Look at what, look at what the Chinese did to Christianity, they're driving it underground. They're arresting Christian uh, uh, pastors. They're 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 literally destroying graves, uh, messing up churches, and now they're putting Muslims in re-education camps. This is nuts. And over here in America, they're saying, "Hey, look, you, uh, you're not going to listen to this guy, Alex Jones. You're not going to listen to this guy, Louis Farrakhan. You're not going to listen to these people. Okay. You're not allowed to." Now we're talking about censored information, forbidden content, and the ability that these people have to control reality and hack reality. That's dangerous. And if the police can't take, take the truth that you know they are pissing on the Constitution, this is, these, these, are, these are just jackboots of the state. <laughs> these aren't people. These are jackboots of the state. These are the thought police. And this is why it's so dangerous because... Oh, 
you know, Eisenhower warned about the military industrial complex, right? But who's worry who's 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 warning us about technology technology, intelligence and media? You see. This is why they want a brain dead population. They don't want people critically thinking about things. They don't want people asking questions because questions lead to answers. And as other people have said throughout the entirety of history, I hope I, I wish it was Frederick Douglass that said this. But knowledge makes a man unfit to be a slave. And the more you know, the more you do. And that's the problem. People don't know things. As I've said time and time again, it's not that people don't care. They don't know how to care because they don't know what to care about. This is the mess of it of misinformation. And this is why it requires constant conscious vigilance to fight this overwhelming thing. This is the technocratic takeover where they're using all kinds of legalese and intelligence and manipulation and misinformation to have people act and think a certain way. They're trying to manipulate consent. They're trying to create conformity. And that's why at every single turn, we have to fight this. But I'll tell you what, speaking of taking a turn, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about how these people carrying on into, carrying over into all of this, because mental health is becoming a huge thing. We just had this shooting in Colorado, uh, and we're finding out very, very inter interesting information regarding this individual uh, about how you're able to report emotional offenses, how mainstream media is calling for arresting anti-vaxxers, and, and, and just so much. The health hysteria that's taking place and why it's important that not only do we know what we're ingesting, but we also have to realize what's being put out there for us. But what's going to happen, gang, is we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about this and more on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction on Factions of Freedom. And we'll be right back right after this.
Welcome back. I know. The first segments are either A, a train wreck, B, intense, or C, just a bunch of herpaderp and, you know, it, it sounds cool and funny. You tell me what you think it was. Thank you guys for tuning in to this segment. Uh, I've titled this one Health Hysteria, and because we, we, the measles epidemic is something else entirely. You know, um, we, we have anti, we have mainstream media talking about arresting anti-vaxxers, Germany trying to find anti-vaxxers. We're, we're, we're going to be getting into, uh, we're going to be getting into vaccines, health, and why that's so important. Mental health is also important as well. Uh, and I wanted to get into this, the more geopolitical aspect of it, you know, what's going on in France, they're in their like 25th weekend of doing protests, more power to them. Um, but this is, this is if you ask me how these people work, information come out about how now the French authorities have the ability to access your psychi- psychiatric records uh, to try to prevent terrorist radicalization. And so that, to me, sounds a little bit like pre-crime. A little bit like the Minority Report. A little bit like, hey, let's travel back in time and kill Hitler before Hitler can become Hitler. That's what that sounds like to me. Um, and that, that plays a huge part in mental health as well, in the health hysteria, because essentially what we're trying to talk about is how they're hacking reality. They're not allowing people to make mistakes so that they can learn better lessons. They're going ahead and saying, hey, look, you're going to obey Big Brother this way. You're going to act a certain way. They're going to try to cut your, they're going to they're gonna manipulate your behavior or modify your behavior as early as they can. You see, uh, let me get into this article because, you know, it, it, it pertains to that. Think about that. The yellow vests are out there in France fighting against globalization, saying, hey, look, we see all this stuff is taking place. We have a list of demands. We do not want to just capitulate to this. You've got to hear us out. And so they've been, they've not been rioting, they've been protesting for 25 weeks straight so that this narrative could be understood. And so the French are like, you know what? We tried to send in EU tanks, that didn't stop them. We tried to send in uh, the Black Bloc, radicalist uh, Antifa version of, 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 of the Yellow Vest, that didn't work. Now, let's just start seeing if we can condemn these people, call them crazy, dehumanize them, and lock them up. Let me get into this article. It's from Sign of the Times. We put this up May 8th. It says, French authorities now given legal access to psychiatric records to prevent terrorist radicalization. Authorities in France will now be notified by psychiatric health care professionals if they feel a patient is in danger of terrorist radicalization, sparking renewed concerns over the fear of doctor-patient confidentiality. And before, before I get into this, a little bit more, because I think, you know, people are like, well, what are you talking about? Yes, we should prevent terrorism. Yes, we should, yes, we should prevent radicalization. I agree 1,000%. But what I'm trying to say is I remember stumbling upon, and let me see if I can look this up and talk to you guys at the same time, opposition, dis- opposition defiant disorder. Yep, right there. And <laughs> I know it sounds silly. It really doesn't even sound like a thing, <laughs> right? It sounds, you know, it really does sound trivial. But if they can quantify the idea for people to be uh, defiant, rebelling authority, as if it's a mental health thing, how far are they from classifying it as radicalization? 
You know, it's been F the system since day one over here. And so that's what's created all the things that we are doing today is that radical. And this is over here at WebMD. Say what you want. I'm just trying to make a point about, you know, about how all of this work. Opposition defiant disorder. Odd. <laughs> uh, it's not unusual. And I'm fine. I'm, I'm reading this from uh, WebMD. It said it's not unusual for children, especially those uh, in their terrible twos and early teens, to defy authority every now and then. They may express their defiance by arguing, disobeying, or even talking back to their parents, teachers, or, or other adults. When this behavior lasts longer than six months and is excessive compared to what is usual for the child's age, it may mean that the child has a type of behavior disorder called oppositional defiant disorder. ODD is a condition in which a child displays an ongoing pattern of an angry or irritable mood, defiant or argumentative behavior, and vindictiveness towards people in authority. The child's behavior often disrupts the child's norm normal daily activities, including activities with family and at school. Many children and teens with ODD also have other behavioral problems such as attention deficit disorder, ADD, learning disabilities, mood disorders such as depression and anxiety disorders. Some children with ODD go on to develop even more serious behavior uh, disorder called conduct disorder. Now, what are some of the symptoms of oppositional defiant disorder? Mm, throwing repeated temper tantrums, excessive arguing with adults, especially those with authority, actively refusing to comply with requests or rules, don't tell me anything, uh, deliberately trying to annoy or upset others, or, be easily, or easily being annoyed by others, blaming others for your mistakes, having frequent outbursts of anger and resentment, being spiteful and seeking revenge, swearing or using obscene language, saying mean and hateful things when upset. Well, that could just be, you know, <laughs> that could be any other 50% of the population at that time of the month. That could be a lot of people. You know, that could be me whenever I get done at the gym. That could be you whenever your parents are calling too much. That could be, that could be anything. But what I'm trying to, what I'm trying to joke at by reading that to you good people is just that, the fact that they can classify anything as a mental health disorder. So is obedience, blind obedience and blind loyalism? I would think that's a mental disorder because humans are designed to be curious creatures. And if we're not questioning anything, that's a problem. So when they're talking about how this stuff leads to, to terrorist radicalization, that's where my mind goes. What about domestic terrorism radicalization? What about the CIA, the FBI, uh, uh, finding individuals who are already parts of uh, certain terror cells and are willing to be radicalized. They go through the whole process. They convert. They buy weapons. They declare uh, that they're going to bring death to the unbelievers because we're all infidels. What about that? The CIA taking part in that. You see, but look, there, there's so many different things that come with that. But let, let me get into this. Let me let me finish. Let me get back into this article. It says, in a decree published Tuesday, the French Minister of Health, Agnes Bouzian, uh, announced that authorities will be able to merge two streams of personal data in cases where a suspect is hospitalized without consent, quote, for the purpose of preventing radicalization. The first stream in, includes data such as the name and the date of person of those undergoing psychiatric care without consent under a system codenamed Hopsy Web. The second data stream covers a person's personal profile from their terrorism prevention and terrorization reporting file, uh, FS, 
PRT. In certain cases, regional magistrates and the perfect and the prefect of police in Paris will be notified when the personal information of a forcibly hospitalized patient matches those contained in the FSPRT system. The National Commission of for in, in, Informatics and Freedoms, CNL, CNIL, uh, the body responsible for protection and the use of personal data, will consult on all cases, all such cases, and underline, quote, the profound differences of purpose between the two files, one with a psychiatric history of a certain gravity, the other having the nature of an intelligence file. The measure, first announced on May 23rd last year, but fully disclosed Tuesday, is already facing several appeals before the Council of State, given that the link between terrorism and mental illness has long been debated and remains a controversial, controversial issue to this day, particularly among those in psychiatric professions. In August of 2017, then-Minister of Interior Gerard Colomb estimated that one-third of people reported for alleged radicalization, quote, pre present psychological, psychological disorders. Uh, which prompted him to call for psychiatric health professionals to identify the profiles of such high-risk individuals. His comments sparked a wave of outcry and protest from the College of Physicians, which cited, quote, the absolute necessity to preserve the fundamental principles of the professional exercise, in, the, in particular, that of the medical secret. Like, so, so here's my thought process, because all this stuff eventually comes to America. We posted an article this week about how half of the population is on prescription drugs. <laughs> half of the American population is on prescription drugs. So, do those people have a mental health disorder? Depression is considered a mental health disorder. You see what I'm saying? Anxiety is considered a mental health disorder. Panic attacks. You, like, why are these people taking so many drugs? The opioid epidemic, you name it. So, are these people going to be uh, uh, taken in? for involuntary psychiatric care because they could be radicalized. They might have PTSD from working the same job for years, unable to cope with reality because they've been so indoctrinated. No one thinks about these things. You see, you have oppositional defiant disorder that's considered a mental health disorder, depression. Like you, you, you see what I'm saying? We have issues right here. We have issues in this country. We have issues around the world. Right here. Nearly one in two Americans take prescription drugs. This is by Ricky Scaparo of End Times Headlines. <laughs> the National Center of Health Statistics ran a study. It says about 46% of the U.S. population used one or more prescription drugs in the past 30 days. Half of the U.S. population is taking drugs. It may be surprising that this figure is a slight improvement from 10 years prior. Half of 46% of the population out here popping pills. Popping pills like they're Skittles. And people don't think that this is an issue? <laughs> and and this, is, uh, this, is, this is why I have a real problem with it. We're talking about uh, these mental health disorders and everything else that comes with that. A population taking all these drugs. Well, check this out. I made a spicy meme that Tylenol kills human empathy. A new study has confirmed the dangers of the popular pharmaceutical. And this is why I am avidly against any kind of pharmaceutical because it talks about this even in the Bible. In the Bible, Pharmakeia, 
this stuff will turn you into a junkie. That's what they need. They need, cons- they need customers and consumers. They don't need people asking questions. No. They need 46 of the, po- 46 of the population, 46% of the population to take these pills because that's going to line that doctor's pockets. You see, I was on with uh, Eric Spitfire, the Sentinels of Truth, over there on uh, Revolution Radio just last night, and we were talking about that, how the same pharmaceutical industry that's out there trying to shoot children up with vaccines is the same one making all these pills. The Sackler family, people are getting arrested because they're causing all this damage with these types of things. This is the, 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 we're polluting the population. And I'll put the link for this, this study into this spicy meme that I created uh, so you guys can go look at it because I took the time to put it together for you. But indeed, it talks about it, how it is killing empathy. It, it, it literally turns your emotions off. I've said this time and time again, even looking at it in a spiritual context, how it destroys your relationship with God and destroys your ability to, to, to understand your psycho-spiritual uh, configuration. They're killing you with these pills. Is that... How come, how come the people, how come Big Pharma and Bayer and all these other people, how come they're not, you know, getting a social credit score and, and getting deplatformed and having their stuff messed with? Because it's a part of the agenda. They need people desensitized. They need to turn us into patients, customers, so that they can come through with a solution. And that's why this is so dangerous. It truly is. But here, let me, I'm going to read to you guys this, 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 this quick article, and then we'll get into the vaccines to kind of, you know, have a quick pivot into uh, why this is becoming, why this will eventually become an issue. You see, they want to try to prevent terrorist radicalization, uh, but because you have so many people who will have these sensible, sensitive, delicate, sensitive uh, natures, these sensitive delicacies, uh, I had a word, wow, Total, total brain fart. But it'll, it'll, probably come, it'll come to me as I'm talking later on. Uh, but right here, let me just get into this. This is by Mass Private Tell. An activist post reported it. They put this up May 7th. It says, offended by what someone said? Sen- sensitive delicabilities? Ah, wow. Offended by what somebody said? Now you can report them to law enforcement. Delicate sensibilities. There it is. Boom. I don't know why I was having such a hard time with that. Because people will have so many delicate sensibilities... Uh, because they're 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 either desensitized or they've been on pills their whole life or reality isn't what they saw on the TV screen and I say it like that because people are more to more in tune with the TV screen than reality because they have these sensitive delicate delicate sensibilities they're gonna say that you're the problem this is what I mean by truth being treason in an empire of lies check this out soon free speech will be a thing of the past in paranoid America Digit Labs' hate incident reporting app promises to turn complete strangers into secret hate speech forward slash bias spies. Watch what you say because the person sitting next to you could be reporting you to law enforcement. Gone are the days where, when Americans were unafraid to voice their opinions and make snide comments in public because Digit Labs will turn smartphones into bias reporting devices. According to Fizz.org, into to a Fizz.org article, Digit Labs' new app allows strangers to report someone for exercising their First Amendment rights. The first of its kind, the app accepts reports beyond crimes captured in police reports, police records. 
Users from around the country can document an incident type from derogatory epithets, writing in bathrooms, to slurs yelled from a car window, in addition to violent assaults. This app will make swearing at a fellow motorist or flipping someone off hate speech. Where in our Constitution does it say that this is acceptable to report somebody who has not committed a crime? And this is what I mean by the, by the police pissing on the Constitution. This is what I mean by the technocrats having so much control that you're not even allowed to voice your opinion. You offended somebody. That's what I mean by delicate sensibilities. Ah, somebody flipped me the bird. Oh, I, I saw something I didn't agree with. Rather than standing up and finding that person and kicking their butt, I'm going to just, I'm going to just, you know, I'm going to get on my phone and I'm going to just start talking all this smack. That's, that's what it is. The keyboard warriors, the internet trolls, they are now aligning themselves with the technocratic elite and condemning reality. Continuing on here in this article, it says, Since 9-11, Homeland Security has tried to turn the entire country into homegrown spies with their See Something, Say Something campaign that essentially does the same thing as Digits Lab's hate reporting app. If someone sees something or some sees someone acting suspiciously, they're encouraged to report it to law enforcement. Yet no one's reporting any of the domestic terror attacks that are taking place, the, 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 the churches, uh, the, uh, the shootings that are taking place at churches, like this, this kid in Colorado. Nobody reported him. Nobody reported them. Uh, they said, and they say this all the time. They say this all the time. He was such a smart clever sweet young boy I would have never thought he would have shot up the school you always gotta watch out for the quiet ones cause it's the quiet ones in the back of the room that are crazy you see what you see is what you get with me I'm real a lot of people aren't real a lot of people are deceptive manipulative and tricky and sneaky and it's dangerous let me get back into this article. It says, but the University of Utah's hate incident reporting app promises to create a federal free speech blacklist. Quote, the major problems we're dealing with is that hate crimes are so underreported, not only to police, but from police to the federal government, said Emily uh, Nikolowski, researcher, and Richard Medina, professor of geography. Nicholas Nicolosi actually helped develop the app, uh, creating a national blacklist of people who can who use derogatory epithets and slurs will turn this country into the mirror image of China. Quote, we'd like to see it used nationally to get better hate incident statistics and to understand why, how and where people are active in hate incidences and how that and how that offends and hurts people. Yeah, I, you know, I, I guess I guess because even when I've experienced racism and hate. I've always like bucked up and, you know, yeah, we've gotten fights. Yeah, you do these types of things. But after a while, you know, you get to a point to where you meet you meet any kind of any kind of adversity head on. You don't you don't shy away from it. You see what I'm saying? Because by shying away from it, you you you, you basically say it's OK by meeting it head on, not getting the cops involved. What are you, some kind of snitch? Not getting the cops involved. You deal with that. You teach that other person a lesson that that type of stuff's not OK. You break their jaw. They're going to understand, hey, I can't be saying this type of stuff. Yeah, you can't because you'll get coal clocked. But I digress. Let's, let's pivot back into the health hysteria. People with delicate sensibilities uh, trying to make the Internet resemble real life and how that, that won't work. Uh, this is very dangerous. Truly, it is. And now 
this is I, I didn't cover this last week because we weren't talking about uh, vaccines as much as we as as much as we should have. There were other things going on, like what was going on on the border with the whole Cloward and Piven strategy from 1960, trying to overwhelm the welfare system. Uh, but now you have mainstream media calling for the arrest of anti-vaxxers. And this is very, very this, this too is a slippery slope. You see how they've just greased the tracks with like people who are basically mentally unstable, mentally unfit to be in these positions of uh, influence, people who are usually somewhat narcissistic, egotistical, insecure, and have all kinds of issues, real issues that require help and that need to be addressed. But because of the way the world is today, they cater more so to that lower common denominator. This is what I mean by decadence. This is this is what I mean uh, by us literally sl- like sliding into the fall of society. You know, they want to talk about hate speech. This is this is the problem too with what we talked about in the first segment, designating people that you don't agree with as haters. Man, if that was the case, I would just be responding to as much hate as we get for for doing freedom faction. I wouldn't do freedom faction. I'm sure I, I I'm sure I have enemies. Do I take the time to sit up over here and worry about them? No, because it's all chatter. I worry about action. But whenever people take that extra step, become the thought police, right? Encouraging for us to have our own version of the America of the Chinese social credit score, that's when it becomes dangerous because you're not able to efface your accuser, as I said before, and you just have some nebulous, ambiguous people in the background changing your thought pattern, changing your behavioral patterns. But now you have them outright saying, We want to arrest anti vaxxers. We put this up May second. It's from Matt it's from the Free Thought Project from the Free Thought Project written by Matt Agarist. It says the Washington Post published an article this week, last week, uh, that called for rounding up anti-vaxxers and throwing them in jail for refraining from vaccines. Since the beginning of the year, the Free Thought Project has been reporting on the hysteria associated with the measles outbreak and the subsequent loss of liberties and the police state crackdown that's ensured. See how that works? The loss of liberties and then the police state. They say, hey, what you're saying, it offends people who don't really care about anything. Uh, could you stop that? And they say, oh, well, because you're saying stuff that accepts people, we're going to go ahead and lock you up. We're not going to tell people to either. Like, that's the crazy thing. They tell you to be tolerant, but they themselves are not tolerant. Like, that's that reverse doublespeak that these people keep doing. Let me let me get back into this. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've, I, I lost the place, so I'll just start back over. It says, since the beginning of the year, the Free Thought Project has been reporting on the hysteria associated with the measles outbreak and the subsequent loss of liberties in the police state crackdown that's ensued. You've seen children banned from public spaces, mandatory vaccinations, and pro-vaccine in the main and a pro-vaccine push in the mainstream media like we've never seen before. Now, the pro-mandatory vaccine push has reached a whole new level as the Washington Post published an article calling for the arrest of those who choose not to vaccinate. As the Free Thought Project reported at the end of March in one of the most shocking moves to date over the 2019 measles outbreak, Rockland County officials declared a state of emergency and effectively banned any child under the age of 18 who had not received the MMR vaccine from all public spaces. Then, 
last month, officials took it one step further and ordered mandatory vaccinations for multiple New York zip codes. Think about that. Those who try to resist getting the shots are being fined. And out there in Germany, they're saying, we're going to charge people 2800 bucks. It's like either 2800 or 2500 Some ridiculous amount for people who don't have the fine, who don't have the shot. They're already banning unvaccinated children in Italy. Like, this is, this is the push. This is the push from the United Nations and the World Health Organization. We covered this at the start of the year. They said that anti-vaxxers are going to be the threat, the top global health threat of 2019. And this is what happens with that push. This is the statism. Really, this is. This is they understand that with the fake news push, the mainstream media, and people being overwhelmed by the amount of information out there, they have people paying attention more so to the news and to what they're being told rather than going out there to actually hear the information and do the research themselves. We live in a time frame where people just want to listen to somebody on a screen tell them what to do because people will not tell themselves what to do. This is that obey big brother. This is that manufacturing of consent. Continuing on, it says, while this may sound like an insane police state forcing people to undergo medical procedures against their will to many people, to others, this sounds like a utopia. That's why they tell you, hey, I vaccinated my kid. He's still sick. Your kid caused the problem. Go get your kids the shot. This is, it's, it's, it's lunacy. In the Washington Post this week, Juliet Kayim took to the platform to advocate for finding and arresting people who chose not to vaccinate. Quote, with more than 700 reported cases of measles confirmed in 22 states, it is now a public safety crisis. And the tools of public safety, arrests, fines, and isolation are absolutely necessary. This would be a tyrant wrote. This, this would be tyrant wrote. Kayim referred to those who chose to not vaccinate as, quote, pro-plague and free riders who are putting my children and our communities at risk. While this sort of police state talk could be easily dismissed as hysteria from some babbling fool, Kayim is not some random babbling fool. She's a former assistant secretary at the Department of Homeland Security. That's right, this person who worked for DHS and could very well pull the strings to get her sick desire, get her sick desire to force Medicaid society carried out is advocating for people to be rounded up and thrown in jail for abstaining from vaccines. This is utter dystopian insanity. They're saying, look, if you don't if you don't let us vaccinate you and if you pay those fines. Oh, are you gonna pay the fines? We're we're, we're still gonna we're still going to shoot you up. We're gonna we're gonna lock you up. You see. Because they don't want capitulation. This is what I mean by authoritarian. They take it over. Right here. Punish deniers. Germany wants to fine anti vax parents up to twenty eight hundred dollars. This is by Tyler Durden over there at the at, at Technocracy News. The German health minister, Jens Spahn, wants to find parents who refuse to vaccinate their kids, it's 2,500 euros, which is $2,800 USD, in a bid to eradicate measles. Eradicate it. Eradicate it. You're going to pay. And look at what's going on in uh, Australia. They, they were actually docking people's pays for people who didn't vaccinate their kids. And to me, that's nuts. Right here. And, and, and this is the push. This really, truly is the push right here. Uh, this is from your Newswire. They're saying that they're trying to push to end religious exemptions for vaccines. 
The number of measles cases here in the United States continues to rise. Today, the CDC said that there are now 764 confirmed cases. That is now 60 more than last week and the highest number in 25 years. Now, this reignited the debate about vaccinations and whether religious exemptions should be allowed. Now, that is also something that lawmakers are debating in Albany this week, and they could make a decision on it. Here's two on your sides, Kelly Dudzik. This is a public health crisis. Measles can make people, uh, children and adults, very, very ill. And, uh, and we know that it kills people. Erie County Commissioner of Health and pediatrician Dr. Gail Burstein supports ending the state's religious exemption for vaccination requirements. If the proposed bills become law, only medical exemptions would be granted. So people who are immunocompromised would be covered. Parents would still have the right to refuse immunizations for themselves and their children. They just would not have... The number of measles speaking cases of, here in the United States... Speaking of pediatricians, I want to pull up for you guys a quick uh, video of another pediatrician talking about how... talking about the fallacy of the media-hyped hysteria regarding measles. Perspective. As a, you know, you've looked in this, your pediatrician, what are the actual... What is the death risk of measles? Right. So the, the media do inflate the death uh, risk of measles in order to scare people. They honestly do. Where, where the one in 500 or one in a thousand fatality rate comes from, that comes from the, the outbreak we had in 1989 through 1991. Out of all the children who came into the hospital or were sick enough to see a doctor, out of, out of just that data set of children, about one in 500 died. Uh, but, we, but we know historically, previous to that, going back, you know, four or five decades, 90% of measles cases were so mild, people just stayed home. They knew, it was a, they knew it was a harmless childhood disease, and they were familiar with it, so they just stayed at home. They didn't even ever tell their doctor. It was only about 10% of people who got sick enough to seek medical care. So that's the data set they used. Perspective. As a, you know, you've looked in this, your pediatrician, huh. what are the actual... Is a, so it's a harmless thing that only 10% of the population actually went and sought medical care for. But in today's media-hyped hysteria, they say, well, you know what, you're the problem, your kid's the problem, we have the solution, we're going to fix you. My whole thing is, no one ever asked the question of why children are getting sicker, why these types of things are developing. Look at the environment, too. I guess is what I'm really trying to say. Look at the environment in which these diseases are, are, are popping back up. Where are they popping back up? Usually in places where there's all kinds of feces and disease, right? Where people really aren't taking care of themselves, where they don't care about health. I mean, look at the environment. No one ever asked that question. Instead, they say, stop asking that question. And as Donald Trump said, just take the shot. Now you have a new law in Oregon that will allow dentists to vaccinate patients like think about that <laughs> that is that that blows my mind that 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 blows my mind that you literally have dentists who will have the ability to say you know what have you had your shots if you had do you have your flu shots house bill 2020 or 2220 will allow dentists to give vaccinations from measles to hpv and annual flu shots starting next year i believe this bill if it passes the House and the Senate ultimately, truly is the beginning of the death of freedom. Because what we're talking about here is our children. 
the majority party has always talked about my body, my choice. How can that not apply to my child? My choice. Furthermore, my child does not have the right to say yes or no to this. So again, my body, my choice, their body, their choice. We are on the edge of fully pushing through the final steps <clears throat> of what I believe is an absolute orchestrated push by some of the most corrupt, evil people on the planet in these major pharmaceutical companies. I know, and I want to tell all these good people out here, you are not evil people. You are good people. I believe yeah. this bill, if it passes, these are good people. But these are, it's, it's behind that. It's beyond that, too. It's not about the people. It's about, like he said, the pharmaceutical companies. These are the very same people who are developing the Oxycontin, the Zoloft, uh, uh, the Percocets, uh, the Ambien, who are the, the Tylenol, all this stuff. It's the very same. Va the, the pharmaceutical industries are actually behind the vaccines, too. Like, they outspend the Defense Department. In Congress, like three to one. I played for you guys a clip where Robert F. Kennedy like breaks it down for you and tells you, "Do you understand how much influence the health industry has over our politics?" That's why we're seeing this push. Is because these doctors get kickbacks the same way they when they prescribe you pills, they get kickbacks. When they when they shoot you up with vaccine schedules, they get kickbacks. They get money for doing that. That's why it is a push. Is because they want more money. That's why we have the opioid epidemic. And again, no one ever talks about that. Why do these people need as many different <laughs> opioids, as many different drugs, as many different shots? Like, think about this. You're putting, you're forcibly injecting a child who has an immune system that is still developing with, with stuff that is intentionally designed to disrupt it. And then when they develop allergies or any kind of other, as I said before, delicate sensibilities because they've been poisoned as a child... We don't ask these types of questions. We don't look at the long-term effects of these types of things. That's, that's, to me, that's huge. That is massive. And it's dangerous. I, we, we're, we're talking about how half the population, the, uh, the average American adult, is taking at least one prescription drug. At least one. So the, so, so the medical industry is like, you know what? If, if we have this generation stuck on pills, well, what about the next generation? I'm not talking about cross-sex hormone treatment. I'm not talking about uh, gender reassignment or any of that type of stuff. I'm not talking about putting your, your, your kid on Ambien or on Ritalin or anything like Adderall or anything like that. No, I'm talking about the family, just, just, just the mom and the dad, you see. But this is how it all works because they have to figure out how to, as I said before, turn you into a patient because that's how all of this works. At the end of the day, this is order ab chaos, order from chaos. This is why it's so dangerous and why we have to remain vigilant. These people are trying to poison us. Let's keep it real. And if we don't take the time to look at everything that they're doing, we can't understand why we have to take our health back, why it's important that we don't play into these types of games that they're doing. Truly is dangerous. Like, I, I, I didn't work it into this actual episode, you know, but this, uh, this Colorado shooter, right, one of them, was a transgender child, 18. How did he get access to a gun in Colorado? But he was, he was, he's, he's in transition, so he's already, I'm sure, taking some of the hormone, uh, the hormone blockers and the estrogen mimickers and stuff like that, unstable. 
mentally unstable. And, and, but this is what I'm talking about. This is the health hysteria Vac between, between the vaccines, between the pharmaceuticals, between society and culture. How, how is this not a recipe for disaster? This is what I've talked about time and time again, the idea of them legalizing lunacy. We're in that weird, ambiguous period to where people are, this is medical freedom and tyranny. They're, they're, they're trying to force inoculate an entire population, but at the same time, uh, advocating all the things that they need, the prescription drugs, to desensitize them and turn them off from reality. This is a very, very slippery slope, and that's why we don't, if, if, if we don't look at this type of stuff, we don't begin to understand the depths that these people are willing to operate at. And I'm sure people think that this is just, this is nothing, it's okay, just take your pills, shut up, get your health, get your shot. I, 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 guess, I guess I wasn't born that way. I guess I have a little bit of that touch of oppositional defiant disorder. I don't really trust what I'm being told because I've seen the ramifications of it, and I actually read the vaccine inserts. I actually read what the pills do. I sit there and watch what the, 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 the pharmaceutical commercials from AstraZeneca say and how they tell you it can cause psychosis, it can cause cancer, it can cause bleeding of the nose, it can cause lesions, it can cause all kinds of different things. But don't worry, you're going to fix this one problem. And that's it. You're trying to look at this one problem rather than looking at the math book of issues that we're up against. But what's going to happen, ladies and gentlemen, is we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking a little bit more about drugs. Denver voted on decriminalizing magic mushrooms. I think that's a pretty good thing. Yes and no. We'll see. You guys know how I feel about uh, the idea of making consciousness trendy. We'll be talking about magic mushrooms, ayahuasca, cocaine, more prescription drugs, and even how the UN put out a report saying that millions of species may go extinct because of humans. We're talking about anthropogenic climate change and more on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction on Factions of Freedom, and we'll be right back right after this. Salutations, my friends. I'm here to talk to you about, that's right, CBD oil. CBD oil can reduce the risk of relapse among alcohol and cocaine addicts, and you know they're trying to flood us with both. According to a 2013 study published in the British Journal of Clinical Pharmacology, CBD was proven to have these benefits, relieving pain and inflammation, having antipsychotic effects, reducing anxiety, helping to fight cancer, relieving nausea, treating seizures, lowering incidences of diabetes, and also promoting cardiovascular health. Realize that in 2014, Purdue Pharma received FDA approval for an opioid drug that claimed to help curb the opioid addiction. This will actually help you curb your usage of opioids as well as your reliance upon them. And remember, guys and gals, stay vigilant. It's lies and share truth. This is Zero, Freedom Faction, out.
singing but i'm having a good time that's why i just stopped rapping and stopped music and just came up over here and talked to you guys directly because you see how off tune and off key that was yep i'm not a singer i'm not a rapper i'm not a writer i'm just ej doing this stuff and guess what you're tuned in to the third segment of factions of freedom that's right you see i talk about a lot of stuff all the time and i know it sounds crazy maybe it maybe maybe that's it Maybe it doesn't sound crazy, and that's just the thing, is my mindset is crazy, and this is all normal. Hmm. I don't know. I think it's a little bit of both. With that being said, thank you for tuning in to this edition of Factions of Freedom. You know, in that last segment, we were talking about pills, pharmaceuticals, and, and drugs. Drugs. And how it affects the population. Um, maybe those kids over there at Coachella that caught on the, all those herpes could tell you how drugs affects them. <laughs> and I, you know, I have to, I, I, I shouldn't laugh because you know these kids, they got the Hillary Clinton. It's not going to go away. <laughs> oh man, that just related Hillary Clinton to herpes, you know, because they won't go away. They're like this bad thing that just like flares up, and you're like, ah, get out of here, ah, get out of here, Hillary, no. Uh, man, you got to have fun with it because this, this stuff is crazy, but you got to have fun with it. Um, and the reason I laugh, you know, and I'll talk more about this whenever we start talking about anthropogenic climate change is because, you know, the, uh, the, there is nothing new under the sun. Uh, and I had this revelation when I was speaking with you guys specifically, uh, over our Instagram live where we talked about spiritual warfare lies of the sexual revolution and, and different things to stay connected to consciousness. I talked about how, you know, it's, it's, it's very interesting what we think of and what we perceive as time. Uh, I made a spicy meme about the, the thousand year old pouch that was found with ayahuasca, DMT and cocaine. And I'll pull that up later on for you guys. But I talked about how this stuff was also talked about in the Bible. And the Bible was written over 2,000 years ago, right? Or more so. That means that there had to be a culture prior to that that had gotten so enmeshed in drugs, 
pharmaceuticals at that time, what they had called pharmaceuticals, that they took some sages and mystics that wrote the Bible, prophets that wrote that Bible, that said, you know what, you got to stay away from this stuff, man, because <laughs> let me tell you where it leads to death, leads to junkieism, uh, leads to more, more and more. And so when that becomes the norm of society, think about that. You have a drugged up population. In, in ancient civilization times, like even, and you can, you can do, uh, I didn't get around to doing this, maybe I should make another spicy meme about how uh, the, Egyptians, the Egyptians have done cocaine. They also have sacred bowls for marijuana and how you're not even supposed to be smoking marijuana. You're supposed to be ingesting it. It's the sacred herb. Uh, and so whenever you're, you're burning it, you're actually losing its potentiality and some of its value. Uh, but what I'm trying to talk about really is just like the, the humanity. How many times have we been here and the culture and how we always end up finding these intoxicants or these, 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 these pieces of things that take us into these altered states of being. And I find that so fascinating because, you know, we, we, as much as we talk about drugs and pharmaceuticals and things of this nature, this is something that is with us because these are naturally occurring compounds. And yet you still have them figuring out ways uh, to integrate them. You know, I, and, and, and I remember talking about this uh, with Dr. Dre, 81, on uh, uh, Andre, Andre, and a few other people about how plants are meant to heal us. That's where a lot of these pills end up coming from, is from plants. We have plants and vegetables that are literally meant to heal us. I talked about this too, uh, just the other day, uh, with, with, with Eric Spitfire of the Sentinels of Truth. He's talking about how he works for some of the top uh, homeopathic uh, doctors of the world and how that's what the plants are here for every disease has a cure and there's a plant that can fix that but they don't talk about that doctors don't talk to you about taking your health back because they need you to be a patient they need you to be sick there's no money in a cure of course duh they need to keep you enchained so when I talk about nearly one in two Americans being on prescription drugs yes Yes, that's how it works. That way they can keep you on tab. Your prescription is their bill payment. Your prescription is a new yacht, is a new boat, is a new insert uh, thing that they don't need here. We've talked too about how pharmaceutical reps come from, uh, from, from these different companies, show up at the hospitals, have sex with some of the directors there, just so they can get their products into the actual uh, uh into the actual hospital so that they can put these uh, push these drugs on these patients who are in this this uh disenfranchised state it's a really really sick system whenever you really think about it and i guess that's why i've never trusted uh health care and medical care and any of this type of stuff because they're not trying to fix you uh you know and, and, and that's why sur that's with surgery and chemo like good great gugamuga there's so much stuff that it it it, it blows my mind it trips me out having to think about it because what we're essentially talking about is how they're trying to keep you poisoned. And everything we're doing, especially with Liberation Legion, is designed to remove that. And, and you would never think these things going about your day-to-day -day life. You would never think about any of the things uh, that are going on because we have a society and a culture that endorses this type of stuff. And what's even more crazy... And I want to play for you guys this because this just kind of shows the mindset of our current population. 
and 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 their attitude towards humanity, their attitude their attitudes towards divinity, their attitudes just towards a lot of things, uh, and it, it just tripped me out. Christine Quinn appeared on uh, CNN's uh, Chris Cuomo's debate show, The Great Debate. And in this one, she actually talked about how women, when they're pregnant, that's not a human being inside of her. Now, I have to preface this because when I was coming back from the border, somebody had posted a, a, a picture of a slide in a classroom where they were comparing fetuses to cancer, to parasites. And I freaked out. That whole trip back, I was freaking out. Me and all the guys were talking about just how, how crazy that is that we are literally in this time frame. That's what I mean. They want to keep you. They want to keep you poisoned, dumbed down, and dehumanized, so that they have the right to come through and kill you. Is help and support. Oh, it's not in your body, Christine. Last word to you. Yeah, let's be clear here, Rick. With all of your distortions and you horrible tales, first. I answered it numerous times. When a, when a woman gets pregnant. That is not a human being inside of her. It's part of her body. And this is about a woman having full agency and control of her body and making decisions about her body and what is part of her body with medical professionals. Those so that, are the so facts, the and that is, is the law of chattel. the land. Listen, and they can do whatever listen, they want look, to that baby. This you is can, about a woman's so body. You, listen, you can they argue, can do whatever they the want. Debate, they can torture the baby. The, 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 the debate is fine. The you're, debate you're, you're is fine. So Guys, i got to leave it there. Here. You're the, so desperate No, 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 listen, I'm desperate. I'm just asking questions. You're not. You're asking provocative things that are trying to make people angry about what's done, and that's okay. All I'm saying is, you guys go too far when you pervert the facts. We have the president of the United States saying that a baby is born. He's helping support oh, it. It's yeah. not in your body. Christine, last word to you. Yeah. Let's be I'm going to play this one more time. All of your distortions and horrible tales. I answered it numerous times. When a, when a woman gets pregnant, that is not a human being inside of her. It's part of her body. And I, I don't, you know. I don't think government should be getting involved with reproductive rights. I don't think government should be getting involved in any, any of this type of stuff. This is the sanctity of the womb. This is the sanctity of, of, of an individual. And whenever you have government literally getting involved, that's when it becomes dangerous. And that's why we have a lot of the problems that we're having now. Uh, this, is, this is all personal, interpersonal stuff that should be left to the individual and shouldn't literally be politicized. And that's the problem is you have people pushing for this type of stuff. If people like... Uh, and this is the crazy thing too. An article popped up, or I think it's the next one over. Yeah, the governor of Georgia signs the heartbeat abortion ban despite the pressure for celebrities. He's saying that instead of them waiting like 22 weeks, they're wait to get an abortion. They're, they 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 they'll do, you can't get an abortion after six weeks. But I guess my point is this: Do we have a lot of Jesuses walking around? Are there a lot of people? that have immaculate conceptions like our chicks just walking around getting pregnant because it looks like over there at Coachella people were walking around catching herpes that had to happen some way that's a sexually transmitted disease so how are these people getting pregnant sex is taking place and so there's all kinds of other stuff that comes with it but I guess what I'm really trying to say is that you see this gradual dehumanization campaign taking place to where they can tell you that your child is not a child that, that that's not a baby in that womb that that's just a clump of cells, that they can just go ahead and terminate those types of things. It's very dangerous. Uh, clearly, I believe in the divinity of every human being, and we should not be going down this route. 
But this is what I mean by this somewhat anti, anti-human, pro-Earth, transhuman agenda. This, this, is, this is really, really dangerous. But let me play for you guys real quick this clip of uh, the, the governor of, 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 of Georgia signing the heartbeat, the heartbeat abortion bill. Georgia today joined a growing number of states that have made it illegal to have an abortion once a heartbeat is detected in the womb. Georgia's law takes effect January 1st, but a court battle looms. Mark Strassman is there. With one signature, Georgia Governor Brian Kemp defiantly established one of America's most restrictive abortion rights laws. We will not back down. We will always continue to fight for life. Georgia's new law shreds the standard set in the landmark 1973 Roe v. Wade decision. The U.S. Supreme Court established a woman's right to an abortion until the fetus is viable outside the womb, roughly 24 weeks into a pregnancy. Georgia's new standard? A fetal heartbeat, roughly six weeks in, before many women realize they're pregnant. State Representative Ed Setzler, the bill's main sponsor. We've established that a child in utero that has a beating heart is a living, distinct person that gets... Georgia today joined a... As it should be, you know, if they can detect the heartbeat, why would that not be considered a human being or at least like some kind of creature or something, you know, and this is if you ask me, I guess where I where I kind of have to take a quick break and look at the current mindset of people right now. It's like we we we're literally saying kill yourself for the planet. We're literally saying stop having kids for the planet. We're talking sterilization. We're talking depopulation, dehumanization because earth and because climate change you have people refusing to have birth and have children birth strikers uh because of climate change you have you 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 have you know it's it, it really is just scary i think really at the end of the day for me to see this uh because you have so many people that are giving up their birthright their legacy their history their genealogy all because of what's being portrayed on mainstream media uh if you guys want to hear me speak more so about all this stuff and how it all ties in uh to abortion and to reproductive rights and so much more listen to my actual uh breakdown listen to my mini cast that i did or go watch it it's on brighteon i didn't put it on youtube i don't want youtube to see my face as much as i want brighteon do to uh, it might be on bitshoot as well but listen to that mini cast i did where i talked about spiritual warfare lies of the sexual revolution and in connecting to consciousness because during that segment where I talk about the lies of the sexual revolution I connect the hippie movement to the occultism to Satanism to the modern-day rave culture and why those kids over there at Coachella are catching herpes and how we're dealing with the grandkids of the hippie movement and how this is this is all an organized agenda you see this is why they don't want us to. That's why they don't want us to procreate. They're saying uh, that because of human activity upon the planet, that we are a problem. That we're that we are literally upsetting the entire ecosystem. And I really don't believe that. If you want the truth, I think because of the specific time frame that we're in, that they're able to look at a certain. Uh, number of charts and statistics and, and, and data that that points towards some kind of change. But I don't think that we are, 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 I think that we have an effect, but not as massive as they're making us think. Like there was an article from Truth Theory earlier this week that talked about how orangutans may go extinct within the next 10 years. And 
that that kind of blew my mind that my kids might not know what an orangutan is. Your kids might not know what an orangutan is because if if this stuff keeps perpetuating, you know, it it, it might happen. I might have to do a whole separate uh, show where we break down stuff like climate change and look at all that. But I guess what I'm really trying to say is we have to think about how long the earth has been here, how long humans have been here, how many times the earth has switched up in this kind of pole shift or climate change or, or whatever you want to call it. It seems like this is something that happens all the time with the earth to essentially balance out the impacts of the things at the time. This is why you'll find, and I say this all the time, the only thing that's changed here is you. You're the, the, you're, you're the newest thing here on the earth. There's nothing new underneath the sun. This is why you'll find crab, uh, crab shells in the mountain. This is why you'll find bird nests sometimes stuffed underneath rocks at the bottom of the ocean. You see, because life will find a way. I truly do. This is, what, this is what's so beautiful about it. People think that earth is just going to become this barren, desolate thing that we just screwed over because well, we're humans and we're that powerful. We're not that powerful. We're influential, but we're not that powerful. The earth can't sustain us. And even on top of that, there are subterranean caverns and subterranean systems that have all the life that, that, that's needed to generate that. We haven't even gotten to the bottom of the ocean. There's, we've only we've gotten to like what is like the, the, the Laurentian Trench where it's like, a, like 20 miles down. Like there's so much stuff when it comes to actually talking about the earth and, and all of it that I, I really do find it fascinating uh, trying to talk about like our ecosystem. But I will admit that we do have some kind of an impact. Uh, you know, look at the look at look at what's going on uh, with with uh, the Amazonian rainforest. I remember talking about that too, uh, and how <laughs> Graham Hancock was on the Joe Rogan Experience podcast talking about just some fantastic stuff. Go go check it out. You know, he's talking about geometric shapes, uh, hinges all over all over the rainforest, uh, dark earth, terra plata, and how they literally created like how, how how amazonians literally created like magic earth that was able to just like because i guess the, the the conditions in the amazonian jungle um are very difficult so things aren't normally able to grow there and so people however many years ago were able to create uh, terra plata dark earth and literally make like the ground itself uh, uh nourishable like they gave it nutrients and was able to grow stuff there. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. But think about the ability of, of, of having that level of understanding of agriculture and botany. And I, it, 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 it's, it truly is fascinating. Like we, are in, we ourselves are beautiful creatures. The earth is a beautiful creature. And the fact that God created both of us and that we're allowed to be the stewards here on the earth, that's a powerful thing. That is truly a powerful thing and a blessing uh, that a lot of people overlook and that's why we have to why we have to take the time to understand these things uh, but recently and I'm reading from uh, the Minds Unleashed they put this up May 6th it says 1 million species are poised to go extinct soon because of humans this is warned by a UN report it says a United Nations report described as the most authoritative and comprehensive assessment of global biodiversity ever published found that human exploitation of the natural world has pushed 8 million plant and animal species to the brink of extinction with the potential with the potential with potentially devastating implications for the future of civilizations conducted by the intergovernmental uh, intergovernmental science policy platform on biodiversity and ecosystem Su service ipbes and released monday 
The report warned that species extinction rates are accelerating at a, quote, unprecedented rate due to the human-caused climate crisis and economic activity. Quote, the overwhelming evidence of the IPBES EES uh, global assessment from a wide range of different fields of knowledge present an ominous picture. Sir Robert Watson, chair of, IP, chair of the IPBES, said in a statement, quote, the health of the ecosystems on which we all on which we and all other species depend is deteriorating more rapidly than ever. We are eroding the very foundation of our economies, livelihoods, food security, health, and quality of life worldwide. While the report's findings, compiled by a team of hundreds of experts from 50 different nations, are dire and cause for a serious alarm, Watson said, there is still a window of action. Quote, it is not too late to make a difference, but only if we start now at every level from local to global, said Watson. Through transformative change, nature can still be conserved, restored, and, and sustainably, this is also key to, the most, to meeting most other global goals. By transformative change, we mean a fundamental system-wide recognition across technological, economic, and social factors, including paradigms, goals, and values, Eduardo Brondizio, co-chair of the IPBES, says, uh, echoing Watson, saying, quote, business as usual has to end. The IPBES report comes as youth-led movements across the globe are organizing and taking to the streets in mass to pressure political leaders to take climate action in line with the urgency demanded by the scientific evidence. And this is where you're going This is where we get stuff like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's uh, Green New Deal, New York's version of the Green New Deal, Agenda 21, Agenda 2030, and so much more. Now, before I get into things like uh, lab-grown meat, because that's going to be a part of it. Uh, and, and things like the maggot sausages, right? Because you want to protect the earth, you got to have maggot sausages. <laughs> this, is, this has all been pre-planned, if you, if you really think about it. This is why Al Gore has been on his, his kick. This is why they're changing global warming to climate crisis. This is why they're using things like climate change, uh, urging action. This is why they're using people like uh, uh, Greta Thunberg, the, the, the teenage climate activists, this is why they're using all this stuff to push urgency. They're using Greta Thunberg to say that, you know, she will not have a future if we don't urge, uh, if, we, if, we, if we don't push for urgent climate action. California, former California governor uh, Jerry Brown talked about this as well, how they have to urge for climate action. This is what I mean by the socioeconomic refor reformation. This is what I mean by the, para the, 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 the paradigm shift. This is the Green New Deal. And now recently, you got Petrus Romanus, Pope Francis, Franken Pope, calling for a globalist supranational authority to rule countries and enforce the UN goals. This is the one world religion, this is the one world government, and this is the one world system that they want. To where there are no, there, you, you will not do anything other than abide by statism and take care of the earth. You see. And Pope Francis is using his position of influence, his sphere of influence, to push this, to spearhead this. So when I'm talking about the mark of the beast, right, and how you have a prophet of the beast that's pushing it, well, who is Pope Francis? We put this up May 7th. It's from Skywatch TV. It says, Pope Francis made a strong new push for globalism on Thursday, calling for a supranational legally con constituted body to enforce the United Nations' sustainable development goals and implement climate change policies. Speaking to the members of the Pontifical Academy of Social, of Social Sciences in the Vatican's Apostol Apostolic Palace, the Pope said, quote, 
when a supranational common good is clearly identified, there is a need for a special legally constituted authority capable of facilitating its implementation. Quote, think of it as the think of the great contemporary challenges of climate change, new slavery, and peace, he told members of the Pontifical Academy who were meeting this week at the Vatican for a plenary session themed Nation State Nation State. Featured speakers at the May one through May first through the third plenary include German Cardinal uh, Walter Casper, who spoke on peace stemming from justice, theological reflections between men, communities, and nations. Archbishop Roland Minareth of Dijon, France, who delivered the opening talk on day two, themed nation state, nation state, and nation state, and the doctrines of the Catholic Church. And German climatologist and founding director of the Pot, of the Potsdam Institute for Climate Impact. Hans Joachim Splittenberg, who addressed the Pontifical Academy on, quote, the state of the world. In his address to the Academy, the Pope said that while, quote, the principle of subsidiary requires that individual nations must be given the power to operate as far as they can reach, nonetheless, groups of neighboring nations, as is the case already. So essentially what he's trying to talk about is how we need to give over our authority to the United Nations. And how that these people are required to, to, to give, us, give us all that we need to move forward in life. You see, they think that we are unable to guide ourselves and that with the United Nations, they will tell us how we move forward. This is why, they, this is why nationalism is being so heavily scrutinized. And then Graham Hancock talks about it as well, too. Uh, and he does a fantastic breakdown about it. But I digress. What we're talking about is the establishment of the New World Order. That we will all show fealty to the United Nations as they construct this. You see. Continuing on, uh, it says that they're, they're, they can strengthen their cooperation by attributing the exercises, the exercise of certain functions and services to intergovernmental institutions that manage their common interests. The thrust of the Pope's remarks, however, focused on growing trends between nationalism, which he said threatens migrants, the, quote, universal common good and the power of the United Nations and other transnational bodies to implement the Sustainable Development Goal Agenda. That's Agenda 21. That's Agenda 2030 and 2050 and so much more. That's the technocracy, the scientific dictatorship and so much more. This is why I'm, I'm, I'm always harping on this because I see it so clearly. I've seen this and you see them shaping it up to build that and so whenever i talk about uh, the, the hardcore vegan agenda that's being pushed it's because yes that's what they want that's the common good and now we have things such as that's right <laughs> if you can believe it maggot sausages i kid you not i i kid you not they want us to in in order to to stem the food crisis they want us to have maggot sausages <laughs> this is put up by Max Lavo of uh, the SDHF plan, May 6th. says, scientists, the food crisis will have humans eating maggots for protein. As an alternative to meat, one scientist has suggested that humans will acquire the habit of meeting maggots in order to reach their protein intake requirements. Maggot sausages will be the, quote, meat of the future, according to an Australian scientist, Dr. Lawrence, Lawrence uh, Hoffman food scientists at the University of Queensland in Brisbane, Australia, and incorpor are incorporating insects such as maggots and locusts into a range of specialty foods, including sausages. 
as well as formulating sustainable insect-based feeds for the livestock themselves. Quote, would you eat a commercial sausage made from maggots? What about other insects, larvae, and even whole insects like locusts? The biggest potential for sustainable protein production lies with insects and new plant sources, said Dr. Hoffman. So yeah, would you, would you eat a, would you, would, would you eat a maggot to save the earth? Would you eat a, would you eat one? That's what scientists are saying. In order for us to save humanity, we have to save the insects. You have to eat them. This is, this is a lot of what we talk about when we're talking about the, the, the hardcore push of the vegan agenda. It's to inset people with this idea of, of taking on austerity, of scarcity, minimalism, and things of this nature. This is a push. This is an agenda. And I talk about this all the time, or I used to talk about this all the time in my Building the Matrix documentary, how the whole point of it was for them to destroy the exterior world so that, they, so that we voluntarily upload ourselves into this matrix that they're trying to build. At what part of that agenda do you think we're at when we're talking about just this? We have to fight climate change, and in order to do that, you have to eat the maggots. Well, I have a problem with that whenever you have Bayer and Monsanto spraying all kinds of chemtrails and all kinds of other pesticides over everything. But check this out. In another, uh, in another attempt to stave off the effects of climate change, you have lab-grown meat backed by Bill Gates to hit the shelves in the first U.S. state this summer. That's right. They want us to eat lab-grown meat, genetically modified food, that has been... I don't want to say robbed of its nutrients because I haven't tasted it or anything like that. But here, let's play for you guys this clip and then we'll talk about that more on the other side. Commissioner of Agriculture Andy Gibson tells me Memphis Meats is a company based out of California. And they're changing the way food is grown, transitioning from the farm to a Petri dish. This summer, grocery stores across Mississippi will be selling an alternative meat product, engineered from a company called Memphis Meats. And they're changing the way food is made. They have perfected a program to cultivate, harvest animal cells, artificially feed them a high-protein slime, and grow that into a food product that they were trying to label as meat. They're, they're basically using the same kind of hormones that chickens normally produce to help grow, um, you know, grow and develop, and just doing it in a petri dish. Some state leaders call it unnatural. Cell biologists say it's an advanced step towards further genetic modification. We're talking about science fiction type material, growing meat from a hair follicle of a cow. It seemed like it was kind of a science fiction type um, kind of thought in, in the past. Commissioner of Agriculture yeah. Andy Gibson tells me Memphis meets the food products. I say that with uh, air quotes. With you guys can't see me doing it, but food product, and that is science fiction. You're growing things. It's not. It's uh. It's, it's not living its life. It's crazy, uh, and you know, the, uh, arguments can be made too for this as well. Uh, that this is a good thing because of what's going on with the animal industry, the food industry, and things of this nature. And we've had people on that talk about this because you know there is a psycho. There's there's a spiritual aspect to all of the animals here as well, and all of that death. You know, the stress, the stress, the hormones, and everything else that's going into the meat uh, as as it's being killed. You know that you're you're ingesting that, so there's a lot of different things that come with it as well. There's science behind this, and that's why you have this individual saying it's a food product. It's not real, and it's and it and it, and, it, and it's a very slippery slope because well we don't know where this comes from, uh, we don't know if we're getting all of our nutrients. Uh, there's there's all kinds of other biological things that come with just this that people don't really think about, or that I hope we're beginning to think about, uh, because. 
this is stuff that that's been with us for time immemorial and now you know we're we're literally moving into this 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 time frame to where we're changing up everything we're changing up our diets we're changing up how we act how we perceive things and it it really does become kind of dangerous really really scary too uh but to switch gears now that we've got that out of the way talked about some of the serious stuff got people to think about their health getting all this stuff back let's close it out with this denver recently voted to uh you know what i think this will this will be a good way this will be a funny way <laughs> for me to transition we all understand how hollywood is and the types of things that they do george clooney released recently released a clip on jimmy kimmel's show uh, basically mocking the Trump administration and essentially everything that we've talked about here. But I think it's just funny because this is a nice way to put a pin in things. Dumb is highly contagious, infecting the minds of even the most stable geniuses. If you have a windmill anywhere near your house, they say the noise causes cancer. You tell me that one, okay? Wow. As a result, rampant dumb now threatens our health, our security, and our planet. Fortunately, there is hope. At United to defeat untruthful misinformation and support science. You dumbass. Your generous contribution to you dumbass will provide desperately needed knowledge to dumb idiots on Facebook and Twitter all around the world. Just $20 will convince one idiot that climate change is real. 50 will teach five brainless dumb to vaccinate their kids. And 200 will teach 10 knuckle draggers that dinosaurs existed, but not at the same time as people. Together, we can win the fight against dumb. Dumb. Thank you, George Clooney. So insightful, and I do so love it whenever he just swears. I used to, I, I, uh, I loved him in Batman, in the Batman movies, and I also loved him in Day. Uh, what is it? Is it? Is it Dawn of the Dead? Whenever he was in uh, that. Uh, that bar that was actually like an ancient Mayan sacrificial place. But anyway, I digress. Uh, I think it's just funny because that's everything that we mentioned here. Does George Clooney have kids? Has he vaccinated his kids? And there's, there's just so much. I just kind of wanted to play that for you guys to add a little levity to the situation. But to switch things up as well, recently Denver decriminalized the use of psychedelic mushrooms. That's right. If you're out there in Denver, you guys did massive, tremendous things. People are voting to decriminalize it. And now... And Denver voters appear to have approved a measure to decriminalize psychedelic mushrooms. The vote, nearly 51% yes, 49% no. The number is still unofficial until they are certified on May 16th. The measure says the use and possession of psilocybin mushrooms by adults 21 and older in Denver would have been at the lowest law enforcement priority in the city. And Denver voters Psilocybin. And yeah, good job, guys. Good job out there. With the psychedelic mushrooms, I'm going to save my comments as far as that and how it relates to consciousness and so much more uh, for one of our next transmissions because it's 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 very it's it's it is something that means a lot. You know, in our most recent podcast episode, the last week, we talked about opening the doorways uh, in the spiritual aspect of things. The University of Chicago studying the Higgs boson and things of this nature. Uh, there are now organized programs out there to where they're using things like psychedelics, DMT, ayahuasca to come into contact with things that are on the other side. And so this is just one more notch in that. Uh, and I know, you know, it, it sounds kind of crazy out there, but hey, you, you've tuned into the show this long. Does it really sound that crazy? Uh, and this is another one of the reasons why I wanted to go do 
the podcast that I did with Adam Nix and J.C. Abbott of the Wayfinder podcast because it gave me a chance to in, get the in-depth understanding uh, not only of psychedelics but the effect upon the mind and why it's important that they be used responsibly. They're not going to be used responsibly. Uh, and so I'll, I'll, I'll save all my thoughts for that and stuff uh, for the next transmission because this is going to be pretty, pretty powerful. I'm glad that it happened. Uh, but what this also shows us and what this tells us is that these drugs have been with us and that you know pe people will find a way. And that's a great thing, too, that people will find a way to use these types of things. Lastly, I want to end the episode with my spicy meme that I made about this ancient pouch that was found with drugs. A thousand-year-old pouch that contains psychoactive compounds such as DMT, ayahuasca, and cocaine. That's right. That's right. They found something that's thousands of years old that shows that these, these compounds were used even back then. I wonder what the ancients saw. I truly do. Before they had all the 5G, the, the telecom industry, the LG, the ELF wire, all this stuff. I, I, I truly do wonder what they saw. Because what this makes me think is that indeed, this is something that's been with us as, as, since before we even had history, before we had written history. You see, people were able to understand these things and use this stuff as some kind of a portal to connect to the other world. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm really not trying to put that down. I guess what I'm trying to say is America and Western society ends up doing what it always does and demonizes and distorts things. Uh, you have Peter Thiel of PayPal, the owner of the founder of PayPal or the co-founder of PayPal, uh, getting involved in magic mushrooms. The same way that you've got Bill Gates getting involved in medicinal marijuana. He's also involved in uh, lab grown meat. So whenever we're talking about these types of things, I'm always cautious. And this is just, you know, just something to think about. Look at this spicy meme I made. I took the time to go out of my way for you guys. And this is, uh, this, 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 I'm, I'm going to be reading from uh, The Minds Unleashed. It says, archaeologists have found evidence of a powerful, of powerful psychotropic drugs used or inside of a thousand-year-old leather pouch discovered in the Bolivian Andes. The pouch likely belonged to an indigenous shaman and contained traces of a dizzying array of plant-based psychoactive substances ranging from coke to the ingredients used to brew ayahuasca alongside paraphernalia used to prepare and consume it. The pouch, which is comprised of three fox snouts stitched together, contained two wooden tablets for grinding the, plate, grinding the plants into snuff, and a woven headband and a pipe-like tube with two human hair braids affixed to it that it was used to smoke the psychotropic plants. An analysis of the pouch revealed that traces of cocaine, harmine, uh, benzo, benzo ligosinine, Dimethyltryptamine, DMT, bufotine, and, and possibly psilocybin, a, 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 a chemical component of psychedelic mushrooms. Uh, the find constitutes the earliest evidence of ceremonial uses of ayahuasca, a hallucinogenic brew associated with the Amazonian jungle. Uh, the ayahuasca is fairly is ayahuasca is a fairly loose term that describes a range of shamanist, shamanistic uh, concoctions, with the main components typically being harmine and dimethyltryptamine. There have been a long, there has been a long consensus in the scientific community that psychedelic substances were commonly used by ancient cultures for their hallucinogenic effects. But the current find provides proof of this of their use for millennia. Uh, the expedition and analysis led, was led by a team of researchers from the University of California at Berkeley who made the find along the now dry Sora River Valley in the southwest Bolivia back in 2010. 
there's evidence that humans have inhabited the region for at least as far back as 4,000 years. According to a press release from the university, the, quote, remarkably remarkably well-preserved ritual bundle was found by by archaeologists at 13,000-foot elevations in the Lippi's Altipolano region of the southwestern Bolivia, where llamas and alpacas roam. The leather kit dates back to the pre-Inca Tiwanaku civilization, dominated, which dominated the southern Andean highlands from about 550 to 950 AD. So that's fascinating stuff. I'm going to put the link for that in the description bar below, so you guys can go check it out. Also, let me know what you think about the spicy meme, and also what you think about psychedelics being used by the ancients. Because essentially what we're talking about is how this is something we keep coming into contact with. Whatever's on the other side, what other other things that humans are capable of besides just being these flesh sacks that are walking around scratching our butts. We are truly, truly individual, truly, truly beautiful individuals. However, that's all I really have for you guys and gals. I'd like to leave off saying this about some of the school shooting shooters, some of the school shooting heroes, Riley and Kendrick. God bless them, and God bless America as well, because everything else that we see taking place is really the manifestation of evil. And, and, and we have got to start pointing out some of the good things that are taking place and the shifts that are happening. You've got to think, you have 18-year-old children who are standing up against these school shooters and trying to protect their students, and that's a beautiful thing. And that's why I say, God rest their soul, because they did a beautiful thing. And we cannot glorify these people who are carrying out all these chaotic things. We have got to start pointing out the life and the beautiful things that are happening. Uh, Lastly, as we are finishing recording this, information is developing about how uh, the the co-founder of Facebook is talking about breaking up the monopoly. I think it's crazy because these types of things keep happening every single day. Uh, And also, to put a pin on this, with the Colorado school shooting at that STEM school in Highlands Ranch, the students actually staged a walkout to protest uh, the chaos that was going on there. They started screaming mental health because they understood what's going on. It's a beautiful thing to start seeing change happen. And it's an even more beautiful thing to be a part of it. And we're going to be right there with you good people as these types of things develop. I want to close out this episode making sure that you guys find us on our alternative platforms at Minds.com as well as Brighteon and BitChute. We're also expanding with On The Wake Up Radio to Terrestrial Radio. That's right. We're growing and it's thanks to you great people. We have a lot of different things queued up and lined up for you guys. So really, thank you for being Thank you for being there, and thank you for allowing us to be a part of your life. Lastly, uh, we are still launching Liberation Legion's private service. If you guys are curious about that, send us an email. Uh, we will, maybe whenever we get back from uh, Bali, we might do an official launch. But we have a lot of different things queued up for you guys. And it's really because of your continued support and your continued attention that we're able to do it. And with that being said, I want to say thank you guys for tuning in this edition. If you have any questions, feel free to email me. I'll have it in the description bar below. And as always, guys and gals, stay vigilant. Expose lies and share truth. This is Noisera, Freedom Faction, out.